Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Live. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Tristan Sutton, and we'll explore Facebook retargeting strategy. By the way, if you want to reach me, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're on Clubhouse, be sure to follow the Social Media Examiner Club for great live content. And hey, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow us so you don't miss our future content. We've got an amazing lineup coming your way. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's now transition to this week's interview with Tristan Sutton. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Tristan Sutton. If you don't know who Tristan is, he's a Facebook ads strategist who teaches small businesses how to attract and convert customers with Facebook and Instagram ads. His course is called Ads University. Tristan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here. So today, Tristan and I will explore creative ideas for retargeting on Facebook and Instagram. So Tristan, um, before we get into that, I would love to hear your backstory. How the heck did you get into Facebook ads? Well, you know, one day I was a twinkle in my mom's eye. No, I'm just playing. Um, so <laughs> I have a degree in marketing from uh, Texas A&M, um, got into sales, and then eventually became an entrepreneur. I opened up my own insurance agency back in 2011, 
And what was going on is I started noticing I was getting more traction from my Facebook account than I was from my other marketing methods. So direct mail where you're spending, you know, 35 cents a, a piece and sending out 5,000, I'm spending $1,700 in direct mail and I'm not getting the results. But if I make a post on social media, all of a sudden I'm getting calls and clicks to my website and people wanting quotes for insurance. Hmm. So I start studying it and start noticing the ads and said, why am I seeing these ads? These look very targeted and this is stuff I want. So I really start learning Facebook ads and really trying to get a grasp of it. And the rest is history. So after you started your insurance agency, somewhere along the line, you decided to pivot, right? And decided to focus on ads. Tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started using Facebook ads really to grow my brand and get clients. And a lot of business owners here in Houston started noticing the success I was having. I was winning awards. I'm one of the top producers in the nation. And so business owners started coming up to me saying, hey, I see you're really working this thing. Can you teach us how to do it? Well, my mentor said, if you're good at something, never do it for free. So hence, Tristan Sutton Consulting Agency was born in 2017. And I've been training business owners how to manage Facebook and Instagram ads for themselves ever since. So you basically figured it out because you were selling insurance and then you started winning awards because you were so good at selling insurance. Right. And then, and (laughs) then all of a sudden people's like, tell me how you do it. So was it mostly insurance agents that were coming to you or like, who were some of your clients in the early days? The irony is not one insurance agent has come to me. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. So what kinds of businesses have you been working with and are you currently working with? Oh, great question. So I get a gambit of everybody from restaurants. So some of the top restaurants in Houston, E-commerce, I do really well with um, coaches, consultants, authors. Pretty much if you've thought about it, I've worked with someone in a certain um, industry or niche. Okay. The current ones I'm working with right now is one of the uh, most popular restaurants in America, The Breakfast Club, located here in Houston. They were recently awarded America's top breakfast restaurant in the United States. Now, are you mostly focused on the agency these days or have you pivoted a little bit towards teaching others mostly and not doing as much of the agency work? I have definitely pivoted. My passion is really empowering other entrepreneurs as well as organizations on how to manage ads for themselves. That's where Ads University came from. I saw the gap. There's those organizations or businesses that can afford to have someone do it for them and those that can't but don't have the time or the money to learn and make mistakes on their own. So I said, well, let me bridge the gap and create a crash course that teaches everything that I know Um, I've learned myself, used and used for other businesses successfully and teach and empower business owners how to manage their own Facebook and Instagram ads, because I really believe um, it can be the key to a lot of businesses success. Perfect. So now my next question is there's plenty of people right now. And this podcast is specifically about retargeting, right? Remarketing. (laughs) And there's plenty of marketers right now that are thinking, well, retargeting seems to be maybe dying because of these iOS 14 updates or because of Google updates or whatever, right? It just seems like the world is moving away from retargeting. So what I would love you to address is the why question. Like, why should marketers that are listening right now consider retargeting when it seems as if retargeting is losing a little bit of its luster because of some of these privacy related things that are happening. No, absolutely. So great question. Um, just because the platforms change doesn't mean the strategy changes, right? So retargeting is still essential because most business owners are spending money or time to generate content or ads to get traffic to the websites. And the fact that 
e-commerce specifically has an 80% abandoned cart ratio, regardless of iOS or Google, you still have 10 people that click on your website. Eight of them are going to walk away and not convert or buy. So you still need to stay in front of those individuals that you spent time or money to attract in front of you. And so really with it being a changing platform um, and landscape, we just have to be creative with the tools that we still have available. So for instance, with Facebook, we can still retarget but people who've watched a certain percentage of our video, 25, 50, 75% or more. So you don't need the pixel for that. If they have clicked on your post or an ad that you've utilized, yes, your the pixel may be impacted by the iOS 14 update, but you can still retarget the people who've engaged with that post, whether they clicked on it, commented, or shared it. You can also retarget individuals who have RSVP to a Facebook event page. So if you have a conference, a seminar, and you have a Facebook event page you're driving traffic to, if they say going or interested or even visit it, you can retarget those as well. So there's several different options that we still have available to stay in front of the people who've expressed some level of interest. Because if we look at the buyer journey, if they've taken some level of basically digital touch, if they liked, clicked, shared, opened or watched, those are people that said, hey, all the things in my news feed, I'm interested in this. So those are the ones we can stay in front of. We just have to be creative with our strategies. So I don't know how deep down the rabbit hole you've gone on this iOS 14 and privacy stuff, but from your sense of it, what types of things aren't we going to be able to do anymore when it comes to mobile Apple customers? Do you have any sense of what might be going away? Well, you know, a lot of information is still not available at the time of this recording. We're just going to have to wait and see what they release. I know that a lot of people are going to most likely opt out of being retargeted. Um, a lot of people don't enjoy that. We also have to realize that 29, 39% of the American adult population uses Android. And from what I understand, Android has not given the option to opt out yet. So we, once again, strategies have to be adapted um, and changed. Cool. So in light of all that, Remarketing, retargeting is still a very, very powerful concept, right? The idea that we can somehow put up an ad to people that have already done an action that might lead to an intent, right? Is kind of super powerful. And and I still think, you know, like you mentioned, there's a lot of creative things we can do. So I think you mentioned event pages a little bit. So let's explore some creative ways that we can use Facebook event pages for retargeting. Tell us a little bit about that. Excellent. I love event marketing. I mean, it's one of my my gifts amongst retargeting as well. But I use the Facebook event page as my hub or my incubator for traffic, for engagement and to indoctrinate my audience. So what we first do is we create a Facebook event page from your business page, not your personal profile. People still like to do that because of organic reach and et cetera, but do it from your business page. And then once you do that, now you can create a Facebook ad to drive traffic specifically to that event page. And so some people say, well, what if I use other ticketing softwares, Eventbrite, so on and so forth? You can still embed that or your website in the Facebook event page. And now that once you drive traffic there, once people either mark going or interested via an RSVP, gotcha, you can retarget them. Let me back up the train for a second because I just realized, let's talk about the possible applications of an event page and then let's talk about retargeting, right? Because ah. for some people, they got to wrap their head around why they would even use an event page in the first place, right? So what are the use cases? Let's start with that and then we'll go back to the strategy. Yeah, perfect. So um, use cases is it acts as your incubator. Most people, when they do an event, they drive the traffic to a website, Eventbrite, something like that. Well, once people click on it, unless you have a retargeting ad, 
more than likely they may not come back unless they see another post or an ad, something like that. So when you create this event page, you can put your ticketing software in there, but you can also keep the engagement up. So once people are going or interested on a Facebook event page, anytime you make a post in there, they get a notification. Hey, Tristan or Michael have posted in XYZ event page. And so now that draws their attention back. It acts like a free reminder to them, but you can also keep them engaged by putting different content in there, such as client reviews, promo videos, updates, and things of that nature. So for instance, if you have a webinar or a conference, if you have a new speaker that you just are going to be bringing to the stage, you can make a post in there. And once everyone marks going or interested, they get a notification. You can put your client testimonials in there. So I, I recommend that for a real estate agent. If you have an open house, create an event page and then put client testimonials in there. And as you're driving traffic to it, people get to know, like, and trust you more because they get to see your engagement. They get to see your social proof, things of that nature. Yeah. Real quick on the event stuff. So you can use it for a physical event, right? I mean, as of this recording, America's starting to open back up, right? So if you're going to have like a breakfast meetup or if you're going to have some sort of a, you know, I don't know what people do, right? Like, but, but people have physical events, right? Like if you're going to meet up at a park yep. and do something, right? You can do that kind of stuff, but you can also do it, like you mentioned for webinars, but you can also do it for live video, right? Yep. So many people just stream live, but there's maybe some advantage to streaming live on an event page, right? Or wrong? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So a great example is real estate agents. So people who aren't comfortable having someone in open house with them, I encourage the, the agents still create a Facebook event page. So if your open house is Saturday at four, let everyone know that you will be going live in that event page and you can do a virtual tour via the Facebook event page of the house. And people can sit there and literally ask you questions. Hey, can you go back to the bedroom? I just hopped on. Yes. And they can walk back and forth. Same thing with webinars, conferences and things of that nature. My ads university course was in person, but had to go online. And so now I would use the Zoom link in the event page. And now I can deliver my conference or my training via virtually through the event page. So there's lots of creative applications for events pages. So once you've created an events page, go back to where you were going with all the, the ad strategy side of things. It sounds like you can do all sorts of different kinds of ads related to that. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that again? I'll give you a perfect example when I create rooms on Clubhouse, I will make an event page for that 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 time. So if my event or my room is um, Saturday um, at 2 p.m., then I will create a Facebook event page for that. And my target market is business owners. So I would literally target small business owners in the Houston area and say, hey, I'll be talking about Facebook ads on Clubhouse 2 o'clock Saturday. And now I'm driving traffic to that with the link to Clubhouse. But now anyone who's clicked on that art, that event page even visited or RSVP, gotcha. Now I can retarget you for future clubhouse events or other promos. So if I want to promote my course to you, things of that nature. So that event page has a wealth of opportunities that most people don't take advantage of. So let's talk through some of the nuances. And I'm going from memory here, but when you go to an event page, I think you can say going maybe or not interested. Does that sound about right? That's correct. Can you target each of those different actions that people take? Like if they're a maybe, can you target them with an ad? You can target at each level. So you can target if they say going, not interested, maybe. You can even target if they just visit. So if they click on it and snoop around and don't RSVP, you can still retarget them. So why would I want to do that? Well, they took the time out of their day to come and look and investigate. They may not be available for that particular day and time, but they may be interested in a future event I have. 
And so once again, we look at the buyer's action in their journey. If they took the time for stop scrolling and clicked, those are the people I want to stay in front of. Can you also target people that engage with posts on your event page in the same way you can with people who engage with posts on your business page? Absolutely. So that's what I was talking about earlier. We have to be creative with our strategy. So when you make an organic post to your business page or run an ad, if anyone engages with that, when you go into ads manager, custom audiences, Facebook will allow you to create an audience of anyone who is engaged with a post or an ad. And that could be on Facebook or Instagram. So if they've clicked, commented, liked, or shared any post or ad coming from your business page, Facebook allows you to retarget them. What about videos? So videos are great. You can target at different levels. So once again, it could be from a post or a ad, but any video that you utilize from either platform, you can retarget people who've watched 25, 50, 75% or more. I professionally recommend at least 50% or more from a psychological standpoint. People ask why. Well, if they watched 50% half of your video, they were halfway interested in what you had to say. So those are the people I want to stay in front of. And you can target any particular video, whether it be uploaded or live. Is that correct? It can be live, uploaded in a post or an ad. So if you have a lot of live videos, those are the ones you want to stay in front of. So help me understand what part of this ought to be paid and what part of this ought to be organic with these event pages. Like talk us through a little bit of like kind of the nuances of it, right? Because you've already got a business page. Mm -hmm. You're connecting a business event to it, right? Right. So I would imagine there's got to be some organic advantage to getting that in front. You link those things up on the page, presumably, right? To drive some traffic from the page to the event or no? I always recommend doing your business events from your business page because you can't do the retargeting and look at the analytics from your personal profile. So um, when you do it from your business page, there's several free options. You can get a link that you can actually share. So if you wanted to email the link out to your, your database or text it out, hey, we have this event um, coming up. Here's a link to RSVP. Once they click on it, they go to the Facebook event page. And then if you want to have them go through Eventbrite or some type of ticketing software, that link can be embedded in there. Um, you can also share it in your email signature. You use a regular signature. Hey, I, uh, by the way, I have an event coming up as you're sending out regular emails. Um, you can share it in different groups. Uh, different posts and pages and things like that. So there's plenty of free ways you can utilize this Facebook event tool to maximize exposure and RSVPs. On the link in an email, do you know if it's smart enough to automatically open the Facebook app? You know how sometimes when you link to Facebook, at least in the olden days, sometimes it would launch Safari on my iPhone and I would have to log <laughs> into Facebook. Is it smart enough now where you click on it and it knows to open the Facebook app instead of opening a browser? You know, that's a great question. I haven't tested that or checked on that in a while, but I can get that answer for you. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine it's probably there. Yeah. So you've set up the event page. You've connected it to your business. Presumably you shared it to your business page. How much of our effort from advertising should be sent to acquiring new people to the event versus retargeting people that already organically found the event? Well, we still want to use some paid ads because unfortunately, as we know, organic reach is not what it used to be. Right. So we still want to put some money into the um, ads manager to drive targeted traffic to that specific event. And the difference between just creating the event, what I call posting and hoping, is when you create ads, you're basically paying Facebook or Instagram to force um, that ad onto the phones, tablets, computers of your target market. So if you are targeting women business owners, you can make sure that those individuals see your ad. If you're targeting uh, married professionals, you can make sure only those individuals. So every targeting aspect we have available as manager, you can specify 
who is most likely to RSVP and convert for your event. How does Instagram play into all this? So the Facebook event page, the ad cannot show up on Instagram since it's specifically for Facebook. Got it. So this is mostly targeting Facebook. All right. Now, is there anything else about the event page that we should talk about as far as creative retargeting? Did we address it all? Is there any other part of that strategy before I go back to Clubhouse? Because I definitely want to talk about Clubhouse as well. Absolutely. So, you know, that rabbit hole can get deep in pretty much every area of Facebook. But with the event page specifically, there are several options. You can retarget people who have clicked on your ticketing link, people who have purchased through if you won't sell tickets through Facebook directly. So lots of deep targeting of options available. Do you find that a lot of your clients and or students are mostly just using doing this for free events. You understand where I'm going with this? Is it mostly just free webinars and free live videos? Is that kind of the use case or are people doing this for paid ticketing events as well? So a combination of both. So, you know, obviously the real estate, they do this for open houses, you know, financial seminars and things like that. Then also have coaches and authors who do it for paid events, you know, book launches, conferences, things of that nature. I recommend all individuals who are doing any type of live event where you need bodies in the seat, whether they be virtual or in person, use the Facebook event page with a combination of um, event page ads. And this is, in some regards, Facebook events are very similar to Facebook groups as far as their function, right? The difference is that you can put advertising towards the activities inside of a Facebook event and you cannot with a group. I remember back in the day when, you know, social media marketing world before we got COVIDed, if you will, if that's even a verb, (laughs) you know, um, we used to have Facebook events and we had Facebook groups and the events pages functionally are very similar to groups, right? Because everybody can post in them and they have certain advantages, like you mentioned, where if the admin posts, people get notified under that world notification, which is very powerful and they have a beginning and an end, which is unlike a Facebook group. And of course, the targeting side of it. But if you had a group, correct me if I'm wrong, you cannot do any targeting to anyone inside of a group. Is that correct? You cannot target directly into a group. But if you were to share a video from your business page into a group, they allow, everybody, every group has different rules. You can retarget the people that watched a certain percentage of that video. And if you know you only shared that video in the group where your target market is, then you can now retarget them. The people that watched it. Interesting. Exactly. But it doesn't delineate between the people on your page that versus the group, right? It just kind of lumps them all together. It's kind of a backdoor way to get to them is what I'm hearing you say, right? That is true. So hopefully the people on your page are your same demographic as people that you're targeting in the group, though. You can also collect email addresses to get people into the group. And I would imagine you could export that and upload that as a list and target them that way, couldn't you? Oh, now you're talking magic, Michael. Now you're talking magic. So what you can do with data um, that your clients have given you permission to have, of course, um, you can upload that into Ads Manager and create a custom audience if you have Business Manager, of course. And so with that data, you can upload it and Facebook will try to match the information that those individuals use in their profile name, email, cell phone number with what's on that list. And now if it matches, then Facebook has a audience for you. So now you can run ads to them. And that's important specifically with email. Um, I know you have a very high open rate, but uh, most uh, individuals only have maybe a 20% or so industry average open rate for emails. Well, people are spending three hours a day on social media. So the people that you're emailing who may not get your email, now they will see your ad. So it can be the same content, things of that nature, but you can also do the same thing with cell phone numbers as well. Cool. And we'll come back to that in just a minute. I do want to circle back to the clubhouse. So with clubhouse, 
I'm very active on Clubhouse. I don't know how active you are, Tristan, but I do a show every Saturday morning on Clubhouse and usually at 7 or 9 a.m. Pacific. How are you getting people off of Clubhouse? Do you use this retargeting strategy to get people off of Clubhouse or onto Clubhouse? Like, talk to me a little bit about that. Absolutely. I was booked all January. I actually bought an iPhone just to get on Clubhouse. You're not the only one. A lot of my friends (laughs) bought iPads too. (laughs) Exactly. I remember that story. So January is when I really kind of got heavy on Clubhouse and I start trying to figure out how can I get people off of here? Because only thing they could do is click on Instagram or Twitter if you have it. um, And then maybe go to or type in a a link that you put in your bio. Mm -hmm. But I start noticing Everybody, when you go into a room, people on stages, go to my Instagram, go to my Instagram. And so I said, huh, Instagram has an option or ads manager has an option where you can retarget everyone who has visited your Instagram, not follow, not like a picture or save it. But if they just visit your Instagram profile, Facebook will allow you to retarget them. So I would always make sure that I was always on Clubhouse, whether I was actually listening or not my profile in a room and allow people just to start clicking on my Instagram profile. Then, you know, obviously if I'm on stage or hosting rooms, I'm encouraging people there. But these are people that have said, hey, I've heard what he has to say. I like it enough to scroll down his bio, click on his Instagram, and let it load on my device. Those are the people I want to stay in front of. And you can literally go into ads manager, click custom audience, Instagram profile is about the third or fourth option down per the recording on time of this recording. And you can say anyone who has visited your Instagram profile within the last 30 days, 90 days, so on and so forth. Now you can target the people who have engaged with you on Clubhouse and have shown some level of interest in what you have to offer. And for those that are not on Clubhouse, there's only two ways as of this recording to communicate with someone. And it's either on Instagram or Twitter by connecting those bios. They're the only links you have, right? There is no hot clickable link like there is with you know, Instagram, I think you have a link, if I'm not mistaken, in your bio. You, you can't do that in Clubhouse. Only option. And most people are using Instagram as their communication channel. And a lot of people check you out, right? So if they check you out and, and they go to your Instagram profile, I love this. So like, tell me how you might create an ad. And by the way, can you remove people that are already, if you will, followers on Instagram so you can try to target? Or can you target people that are new followers? I mean, like, Get a little scientific with me, if you will, like on how we can ninja do this, you know? Gotcha. So let's say I know I'm going to be on Clubhouse Monday and I'm going to be on stage. So I know that I'm going to have a high level of activity and visitors on Instagram that that, that day. So I literally can run an ad to f- tell Facebook, anyone who has visited my Instagram profile within the last one day, two days, three days, whatever makes sense for your strategy. Mm-hmm. Now, those will be the individuals that see that ad. Um, you can exclude people who follow your page, but you probably don't want to because, you know, you've paid or you've worked to get them to follow you. So if they came to your page within the time frame, you still want them in the mix. But more specifically for Clubhouse, if you're going to be very active and encouraging people to visit you, those are the most likely the people that will start seeing your ads. And then you're going to get that wow effect that hey, I was just listening to Michael on Clubhouse, but all of a sudden on Instagram, I see an ad for Social Media Marketing World. This is pretty cool. (laughs) By the way, you could also target them on Facebook too, couldn't you, right? Absolutely. (laughs) So you could say, I mean, I don't know, what would you say in an ad like that? Hey, did you get a chance to check out my room on Clubhouse or something like that? And uh, if you want to learn more about whatever that topic is, like here's a free resource. I mean, is that the kind of thing we could do with an ad? You definitely can. I'm a little bit more direct and funny and snarky with my advertising. I literally have an ad that 
a picture of me pointing and says, I know you visited my Instagram profile from Clubhouse. Go ahead and click the link to learn how to do this for yourself. So it just ah. depends on your, your audience and your personality. I like that. So, and does it work? Has it worked? January was one of my busiest months for <laughs> teaching as university. I've averaged somewhere between five to 10 discovery calls a day and three to five consultations a week. <laughs> do you attribute that to Clubhouse? Mostly, or do you contribute it to the combination of Clubhouse and the ability to remarket those people that hit your Instagram account? Any good marketer tracks his source. And I would say 70% of my business in the month of January came directly from Clubhouse. I heard you on, this is how it flowed. I heard you on stage. Um, I went to your Instagram profile. Oh, sidebar, you can actually target people who only send you an instant message or DM on Instagram. So if you want to get that deeper. So only the people, if you're on stage on Clubhouse, hey, send me a DM to learn more. Now you can only target the people who've sent you a DM within the last 24, 48, 30 days, whatever that may be. And I would imagine those ads are really inexpensive because you're targeting a very small audience, right? At the time of this recording, maybe you only need to spend two or $3 a day. That's not going to take a lot of money. And there's no minimum audience size to be able to activate this kind of thing? No, the minimum dollar amount is a dollar a day though. Okay. You know, wow. You know, a couple hundred people. Yeah. And that's probably some of the best money spent. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So I think we addressed my next question, which is, gosh, I said, let's talk about post or paid retargeting. What was I trying to say with that question, Tristan? Remind me, because I know we had a pre-call on this. Do you know? No, absolutely. You kind of covered it earlier when we talked about organic posts and ads and can you retarget those individuals based on their activity? Got it. So let's talk a little bit about what you can retarget specifically. You know, we spent some really good time talking about some of the really deep nuance on Instagram, specifically with the uh, if they DM'd you or visited your profile. What kinds of actions can we retarget organically from our Facebook page? Yeah. So with paid ads, you can retarget individuals who've commented, liked or shared a post. You can retarget those who have RSVP to a Facebook event page. You can retarget those who have interacted with a lead form. So if you use Facebook lead forms, if they have engaged at certain levels, if they filled out the form, just viewed the form, you can retarget those. Same thing with Instagram. So if they've DM'd you, if they visited your page or have saved your page, you can retarget them. If you also have a customer list, you know, clients who've bought from you, if you have their name, email, and phone number, if that's the same data that they used to create their Facebook account or Instagram account, Facebook will mesh that and allow you to target them as well or retarget them. Um, and so those are some of the key options marketers and business owners have right now to retarget regardless of the iOS 14 update. Like, comment, share, it's all in one bucket, right? Or can they be separated out? That is all in one bucket. It's post engagement. But you can narrow it down to a date frame. Is that right or is that wrong? Absolutely. So you can go all the way back 365 days. You can target people who clicked on the call to action button, sent you a message, um, who've saved your page or a post, or even just visited your page. So even if they don't follow you, if they just were curious and checked your page out, gotcha. Now you can stay in front of them. Can you target anyone who liked, comment, or shared on a particular post? That one is trickier. (laughs) Okay. So you'd have to target it, but you could target it down to a specific date if you're only posting once a week or something, right? And that way you might be able to kind of jerry-rig it. (laughs) Exactly. So you can do it, you know, you do it on Monday um, and then start to add on Saturday. You can say within the past five days or something like that. I see. Now, when it comes to actual ads, you can also retarget activities people take on ads. You mentioned uh, people that interacted with a lead form ad. 
does that mean maybe somebody who started but did not complete the lead form? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. So you can target the lead form ad in regards to if they have opened the form, people who opened it but didn't submit it, and then people who opened and submitted. So they give you three options for that one. Are there any other ad actions, if you will, I'm just calling them that, I don't know what they're really called, <laughs> that you can that you can retarget? For the most part, we've covered them all. So once again, it's people who save the post, send you a message, engage with any post or ad. So if they like, comment, save or share or even swipe the carousel or tap a call to action button, those are the ones that you can retarget um, based on post or ad activity. What's your thoughts on video remarketing with paid ads? I've had a lot of guests on the show in the past who've done like this stacking kind of thing where there'll be an ad, a video ad sent out. And then anybody who gets to a certain point in the ad sees another video ad and then another video ad. I mean, and they kind of like, it's really just like delivering, if you will, content as people go through particular gates, but it's all done through paid. What's your thoughts on that? I think that is a brilliant idea because now, you know, we always talk about the journey. If they're showing that much intent and so let's say each one is queued up to where they have to watch at least 50 percent or more of a video, you know that they're halfway interested. So if they have video A, they watched half 50 percent and now that queues up video B to run to them. Now, if they've watched video B, maybe that's a client testimonial, um, a free giveaway or freemium, something like that. And now they've watched your third video. Maybe it's a webinar or something to that effect. Now you have a high level of intent. And if you know they only got to the third video, if they only watched your first two, now you can start really saying, trying to convert them. Hey, buy this. We have an offer. Schedule a call with me, things like that. But now you've also built up that no like, and trust because they've seen you at least three times. Do all of these different retargeting options we've been talking about, do they need to be kind of intentionally designed before you can target them? Or is Facebook smart enough to be able to kind of figure it out from the past? Do you understand what I'm asking? So are you saying, should they write their strategy out or just kind of? What I'm saying is like, you know, do we have to create all these custom audiences before we can use them? Or can we create them after the actions have already been taken? Like, like let's say I'm just getting started with my retargeting strategy and I had an event and I want to retarget people that RSVP never showed up to that event or something along those lines. Can I do that even though it's, Technically, the action was taken before I set the audience up. Uh, that's a great question. You still need to go in and set the audience up. So all of these audiences we're talking about for retargeting are custom audiences and they don't populate themselves. So you literally have to go in there and create them yourself. So if they clicked on your website, if they RSVP to an event, um, if they watched a certain percentage of your video, all of these have to be set up. And then when you create your ad, instead of going to the saved audience or creating a new one, you just choose that bar at the top that we most of us ignore that says custom. And then you can pull those audiences in, but they do have to be created first. And I highly recommend writing out a strategy before you start spending money. Yeah. So that implies it's really important for us to think of any conceivable use case that we might want to retarget, even if we're not currently doing it right, because we might want to do it in the future. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if I were hosting a conference like Social Media Marketing World, I would create an event page and everyone who said going or interested, I would retarget them over and over again for my future conferences and events. But I have to create that retargeting audience before I actually invite people to the event page is really what I'm hearing you say. Is that correct? Oh, no. So you can create the event page first and then it, it will go retroactively. I apologize. I didn't understand the question. So yeah. let's say you create the event on Monday, you're promoting it and you know you got 100 RSVPs by Friday. 
Saturday, you could still say, hey, everybody who has retroactively gone within the last 365 days whose RSVP clicked, say, going, or maybe you can still go back and extrapolate that data. So the same thing implies with my organic posts on Facebook and even the people that visit my Instagram account, like I've been active on Clubhouse and I love what Tristan said. And I want to right now go target people last week who looked at my Instagram profile. I can do that even though I didn't set up a custom audience for that. Is that correct? Absolutely. So for that one specifically, you can go back 365 days from the date you start. Okay. So that's the key part of this, right? So everybody doesn't have to like have their strategy figured out as long as it's on Facebook. It sounds like Facebook's collecting the data, whether you target it or not. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Then the next part of my question is, how the heck do we organize all of this? Because it sounds like we've got a potentially <laughs> kind of a spaghetti nest, if you will, of like all these different possible things that, that we're retargeting. Do you have any tips on people kind of keeping it all clear in their head? Yeah, you know, there's always different strategies, different funnels and things of that nature. One of the most common ones is, you know, the no like trust. So get people to know you first. If you want to create a brand awareness video and let them know who you are, let that be your first ad or post. Now people get to know you. Then do something where they get to like you. So maybe you offer a freemium or a lead magnet. So you're giving them something for free. That could be, once again, a video or a landing page. And you want them to trust you. So now once they've taken those first two steps, maybe they watched the video, clicked on your website. Now that triggers your freemium or lead magnet. And then once they opt in, now an ad that goes out to them and says, hey, here's some client testimonials. So now you get people to know, like, and trust you. So once you get them down that ladder or that funnel, now you can start asking to convert. Hey, take a discount. Hey, buy RSVP things of that nature. Now, earlier you mentioned email and phone numbers from customers. What are some creative things we can do? Let's say, you know, we got a newsletter list, we got a customer list. What can we do with ads to, if you will, retarget those people? Yeah. So, I mean, everyone, well, not everyone, but most people are trying to build their list via lead magnets or premium. So give me your name and email in exchange for a PDF or a document or something like that. So once you build that database up, Upload that into Facebook, and now you can run ads. Secondly, with that database, if those are the people that you want to do business with or most likely to convert, you can build a lookalike audience. So now you can tell Facebook, hey, these are the people that are most likely to do business with me and I want to do business with. Build me a whole nother audience so I can target and have the same results and scale from that way. And have you found like phone numbers are more effective than emails? I mean, because those of us that have customers, we might have both. Do you recommend exporting it all in one swoop and letting Facebook trying to make the connection or is it mostly emails or what's kind of the thing that you think makes it? No, that's a really great question. I recommend putting um, all the data on that one Excel sheet. It has to be in a CSV format. And so put the name, email, and the phone number. And ideally you want personal email and personal phone number because most people aren't creating a Facebook account with their work email or work phone number. So as you know, the information is meshed or hashed where we can't see it. So uh, we just have to judge by conversions, clicks and things of that nature because it doesn't show you the full audience size. Yeah, I hear you totally. And I know a lot of people are like, well, they probably gave me the business email address, but if I have their phone number, that's probably going to be a way to get it connected to Facebook because they probably didn't use their business account to set up their Facebook account. So Absolutely. Absolutely. And we all should be building our text message list anyway, right? <laughs> absolutely. So Tristan, this has been very helpful. If people want to check you out or they want to check out your ads university, um, you might want to tell them how to spell that, by the way, because you have a creative <laughs> spelling. Where do you want to send them? 
Well, I took your advice and made a short uh, URL. So it's ads, U-S-M-E. So that's A-D-S-Y-O-U-S-M-E. So Alpha Delta Sam, Yogurt Orange Umbrella, Sam Market Echo. <laughs> okay, so ads, Y-O-U-S-M-E.com. And if they go there, they'll discover more about the ads university, right? And just tell everybody what exactly that is one more time. Absolutely. So when you click on that link, um, you'll learn more about my three-hour live training and setup session. So what I do for entrepreneurs and organizations, I hop on Zoom with you and I will set up three campaigns for you in your ads manager. And while I'm setting them up, I will also train you how to manage your ads, understand your analytics, and also give you strategy and help you develop your copy and things of that nature. So after three hours, you will have three ads ready to go and a training to manage your ads on your own. And if people want to go check out your Instagram profile (laughs) or you anywhere on social, where do you want to send them? Well, we know what's going to happen when they click on that. So they can go to Tristan E. Sutton. um, That's for Facebook as well as Instagram. So that's T-R-I-S-T-E-N-E-S-U-T-T-O-N for Instagram, Facebook, as well as LinkedIn. Tristan Sutton, thank you so much for coming on and demystifying some of the creative things we can do with remarketing on Facebook and Instagram. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Hey, if you missed anything... We took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 456. Are you new to the show? Hit the follow button. If you've been doing this for a long time, meaning you've been listening to my show for a long time, would you let your friends know all about it? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.